0: Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jodi Harrison-Bauer. Jodi used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jodi will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jodi Harrison-Bauer.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fearlessly Authentic. Thank you so much for joining us again. I am so excited to share my guest today. But before I do share all of her, I wanted to thank everybody from all over the world who has been listening to our show. It is incredible and I appreciate it. I'm gonna do a shout out to US of A, China, Ireland, France, Australia, Canada, Netherlands, and Nepal. And there are a few other ones. And I just want to thank you so, so much. Um, I once stood out in my mind, uh, lots of listeners in Texas, lots of listeners in Wisconsin. You know, I just really appreciate that you're tuning in, that you're listening to our live show, listening on demand, any place you can listen to podcasts, um, because the show is really about educating, empowering and inspiring. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And that's organization, which is like the hottest topic out there. I mean, there are like a top five, and this is definitely one of them. So, I want to introduce our my wonderful guest today and tell you a little bit about Lisa Jacobs, who is the CEO and founder of Imagine It Done. She created this business in 2004 after discovering her innate ability to organize whatever chaos came her way. The journey that led Lisa to this destination began at Boston University. As a 1977 magna cum laude graduate in Spanish and French studies, Lisa landed her first job with Pio, the French beauty company. Several several years later, moving on to the world of advertising and the model agency industry, Lisa worked in New York and Paris as the assistant to the chief creative director for fashion and beauty accounts, Chanel L'Oreal and Garnier. Moving back to Manhattan, she worked for Ford Models before settling down to embrace phase two of her ongoing career. Soon married, three children and seven homes later, you're a busy lady, Lisa. She realized the task process and moving projects were more than a hobby rather than a lifestyle. Deliberately for the next several years, she concentrated on establishing a business from this passion. I think that's very cool because I think we find that's what our passions are when we're doing it and we realize we're really good at something. After more than a decade of taking many financial and personal risks, Imagine It Done has grown into a leading business in its category. With a trained team of 12, Imagine It Done provides home organization services to clients throughout the New York and tri-state area. Through our social media platforms, we educate, Just like we were talking at the beginning, Lisa educates worldwide followers with videos, products, photos, and tips on how to get and stay organized. We believe, as she says, an organized space is an organized mind, is an organized life. And that is just so incredibly true. Welcome, Lisa Jacobs, to the show.
2: Oh, goodness. I'm so happy to be here. I love your energy. And I'm so excited to share my thoughts with your audience, you and your audience.
1: Thank you so much. You know, organization is one of those things that I think either somebody says, wow, let me get right into it or, whoa, this is super intimidating. And, you know, I know we we just read your bio and and your and how you came to start this business, but let's go back a little bit. Like what really, you know, moving seven houses, three children, the whole thing, you know, what was it? What was that light that went off that light bulb that said, Whoa I'm really, really good at this. I like doing it. What what led you to that point exactly? Do you remember that
2: timing? I literally remember the moment where I said, you know, this is something that I think I can do for the rest of my life professionally. And timing is so important as you well know, Jody, because you too had a, a, a developed a career from a passion. And it didn't just happen where it developed right away. The epiphany came where I was one Sunday in my home and I was reading the local newspaper. And the epiphany was that I was reading about organization. And now a day is like you you hear, you read, it's all over the world. But when I read about it, it was not a household word at all. And I actually... This was the light bulb. This was the epiphany. I said, this is really cool because I organize. But I didn't realize that organization was literally a profession at that point. And I was reading an article about somebody locally that was doing it professionally. I literally put the article away. And this is a true story. I put it in a folder and I marked it closet. Because at that point, by the way, organization was not lifestyle. It was really about uh, organizing spaces like your closets in your home. That's where it really began. And I'm talking about uh, 20 over 20 years ago. So I put it away and I was raising my children. I moved to my next home and went one Sunday again in the afternoon, it was raining, I took out the folder. And this really is so crazy because it wasn't deliberate. These are things that just happened and it happened because it was the right thing that I was supposed to be doing in my life. Took out the folder and I actually started, there were people noted in the article. I, I don't even remember how I found the person who was featured in this article, but she was local. I connected with her and that's the name of the game, networking connection from that person I learned about organization; that it really was a profession. And I went from one person; she connected me to another person, and literally started to organize locally without knowing anything, without having a business, without having a plan, without having staff. I just did things just, you know, spontaneously. Like I didn't make it a, a big deal at all. My, I was raising three kids at the same time, so I really was not focused on developing a business. And it wasn't until my last my last child, my daughter was in 10th grade in high school that I thought, you know what? I can start doing this professionally. That's when I had a plan. That's when I decided to incorporate. I made it a business. I, I, I set up um, with business cards. I promoted myself, but I took a lot of risks. So the takeaway here is that You don't have to make a big plan for yourself in your life. When the timing is right and you love what you do and you have a passion and you love to educate like I do and you love to be around people and you like to change people's lives, you do what you love to do and then you just do it. You take the risk and you have to have a very strong work ethic. There's a lot of other factors.
1: I think that's great advice, Lisa. You know, what? In, I mentioned before we got on the air that when we did our pre-interview, we were on the phone for about almost two hours, I think, an hour and a half. And because we had so much to talk about, we have so much in common, except the fact that you, you're very organized and I am not. I'm organized in other things. But did you, when you read that article and you put it away, you said, what did you put on a Closet? Closet. Closet, okay. So you knew this was something like, because you thought it was a cool idea because there wasn't a business like organizing. You thought, I can't, I can't do anything about this, but this is cool. This is resonating with me.
2: Well, because what it is, is the beginning of something. You know, sometimes I think what happens nowadays is that um, everybody is so structured now and there's so much um so much outside knowledge that we never had. We had to discover things. There is so much more knowledge on the internet, social media. There's no, um, it's easier to advertise. The advertising mechanisms are so different now, but we are, there's so much now that people are taught at a very, very early age. We had to teach ourselves. So like, had I, today, had I had, the notion that I was going to develop a business, it would not have been as long time a coming. I would have had much more uh, structure and um, uh, understanding about the development of it. I would have actually just gone to Instagram and started to interview or like just discuss with other people the way people are doing it with me right now. But I had to take slow steps, not only because I wasn't ready, financially I wasn't ready, and in my own life I wasn't ready, but I didn't have the knowledge and the world wasn't ready. So it was very, very different than it is today. Today it's a lot easier, but I, at the same time that it's a lot easier to start a business, I caution people a lot because people think that they are experts at everything. And I caution people because I want the world out there to know that it's, there's a lot more in developing a business than just the idea. And my dad always told me that an idea is only as as good as its execution. So everybody thinks that they know everything, but that doesn't mean that they can execute it into a business format.
1: That's the key. Yes. Yes. So what makes you an expert in your field? Specifically you.
2: I have also learned in business that you should do things. If you want to be successful and you have a profession that you love And that's flourishing. The only way to really become successful with that is to do things that other people aren't doing. You've got to break away and make yourself something that others are not. And organization now is a household word. And everybody thinks because they're organized that they could be a professional organizer. So what I've done is I've taken the field of organization, which has become a very static industry where people are staging things and making things to perfection and striving for before and afters. And I've made it to be more about what I am about, which is function. First, it's about function. Then it's about beauty. So what we do in Imagine It Done, which is a reflection of my whole personality and my lifestyle, the way I live my life is I choose to educate people, not only make their homes beautiful, but to make it a home not only to live in, but to love. And to make it functional, exclusive to each person. And if you look in social media nowadays, you see most people doing these fabulous before and afters that look like a Kardashian home. That's not realistic. I'm about reality. So what I did is I honed into the reality and the function and that's what makes me an expert and professional at what I'm doing. The expertise, actually, I'll backtrack and say the expertise is coming from not just because I'm good at what I'm doing now, but I'm good at what I'm doing now because I've been doing it my entire life, not just from the time that I was a junior in college, but when I was a little girl, I just didn't know that it was called organization, but I was it's like, you know, anybody that has a profession that they're doing well, whether they be an athlete, whether they be, you know, a trainer like you are, an educator, if you're doing something and you're doing it your entire life, the epiphany to make it into a business is what makes you a professional. But I have actually learned myself so much because I even tell my staff this all the time. There was no organization 101. And when you're a freshman in college, it's. Organization is something that you either have intrinsically or you learn from mentors and educators that teach you the tools, the tricks, the methods, the systems that you need to become, you know, a professional or an expert at it. And so I just feel that all through the years, I've accumulated so much knowledge and I've taken a lot of risks and I've tried everything and I still do. There's no stopping. There's no like A to B and then we're done. It's every day,
1: every day. I I love how much energy you have and so much passion. It is so loud and clear what you are about. You are about function first. I mean, you do have to separate yourself from all the competition out there. You've been doing this for a really long time before it was a thing, before it was popular, before, you know, you know, When you were talking about how you just started organizing without advertising, because back then, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Instagram, you had to take an ad out in a paper. I mean, kids these days, I'm aging myself, but kids these days, they don't know what it's like to look through a newspaper, they don't know want ads or looking for a job or something like that, but… When you would go to a friend's house, so how did people start learning about you? Did you just say to a friend, hey, let me take over that closet. Let me show you what I could do. And then it was word of mouth.
2: Yes. Well, you know, when you start off, I was a mom and pop kind of operation. So when I started off, I was just doing it locally. And the way I was doing it locally was by people, word of mouth. Within the neighborhood, learning that I was—you know—they knew I was an organized person. So to know that I was doing it professionally was—it was, was just—you know—it it was not anything that was so unusual. And I also joined an organization which gave me confidence, and it also um, gave me a sense of uh, uh, a a unit of people. It's a—it's comp- an organization that still exists, and it's a national organization called NAPO, the National Association for Professional Organizers. And I was laughing so much. I would go to these meetings (laughs) that they had that were local meetings. And I really felt like this is, you know, this is not, this is like another world. And I would even went to their seminars that they used to hold in different areas in the country to bring organizers from different states together. So that also helped me. But it really was, it was word of mouth. And then I spent a ridiculous amount of money on print advertising in, in magazines, which was so silly. And nowadays, when I look at it, it was burning money because it was just, how did
1: you know? know? I mean, that was the way we got word out. You know, I used, I remember when I started, I used billboards.
2: Yeah. Well, the only way I knew was by talking to other people that were doing what I was doing. I literally believe networking is the name of the game, even today, even though we have that external network of social media, you still have to talk to people. You know, you still have to have that people connection, which I think a lot of people, you know, have lost. But that's really what helped me. And so one, one person led to another person. So I was basically just doing it locally and advertising in these magazines, Hamptons magazines, um, niche media magazines, they were. And it was advertising and editorials. And then I just, you know, would connect with a lot of different people. One person told me about another person, and I was constantly talking and constantly learning from other people, Um, reading about uh, organization, making a lot of mistakes, making a fool of myself, not realizing uh, that I didn't know as much as I thought I knew, Uh, signing on to marketing programs online, which was another big setback for me because not only did i not know how to use a computer very well believe it or not like this was like what i was scared of the keyboard and i did not know so much about technology and i didn't know about marketing and so i signed on to all these different marketing scams and trying to think that that's the way to get you know myself out there even when by the way just fast forward to instagram when I started my Instagram, it was, I put myself on as a personal Instagram and my kids would laugh hysterically and I would like, say, so help me. And they go, no, no, mom, like, we don't know. We don't know what to do. That's, we can't do it for you. And so like, I never excelled in the Instagram or the social media until like the last five years, quite frankly, it took me that long.
1: We, but felt I- we have the same children you know, the the same, and I know we talked about the same thing because we are, and I, you know, it's, we're not ancient by any means, but this, we did not grow up with this. So getting to the keyboard, both we were talking about how we both kind of freak out about when we have to do a Zoom call, even though we know how to do it, but the technology is so wonderful. It helps us in the networking, right? It helps you. I mean, what would you do without Instagram? But I think a lot of people that started their business before we had social media did spend a lot of money on unnecessary marketing unnecessary and you know obviously if we could go back I know you would say you would change it but I don't you what did what did you learn from that about yourself and about what was really out there and what was really going to help you
2: Oh, I learned so much because I really believe, you know, there's an adage, if you want to hear yes, you have to hear no. And I really believe that that is so important that in order to understand who you are, where you are going, you have to know where you were and you have to experience all those setbacks because it gives you so much more information about who you are as a person and it gives you the guts to move forward. Because nobody true. is giving, I don't care how wealthy a person is, I don't care how smart a person is, nobody is handing anybody anything. Yes, there's facilitators, no question about it nowadays, but you still have to do the homework yourself and you've got to ask the questions and you mm-hmm. have to learn and be educated yourself. Or, I mean, like you can, yeah, you could piggyback on other people. I believe, and this takes me to like probably what we're going to talk about at the end of the conversation is about authenticity. That's why I am who I am is because I know who I was. I know the mistakes that I made. I'm proud of those mistakes because those mistakes, like I said, got to hear no, took me to wanting to hear yes.
1: And where you are right now, you wouldn't be this, this confident, strong woman, you know, if you didn't go through the nose, if you didn't go through the heartaches, not that not heartaches, but the hardships of starting a business, learning the hard way, learning the ropes of the business when there was really nothing out there and getting quote unquote scammed from marketing, I mean I did I went through the same thing. I went through the same types of growth and setbacks and so on because but it there was nobody else teaching us that. We had to learn it ourselves. you know our our kids were doing their own things. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then, then they come back to the nest a little bit, but it's still, it's, it's hard to start. And I think, what advice would you give somebody who is starting their business right now, um, who is raising children, who's in their, you know, whatever age they are, what advice would you give them?
2: Well, first of all, I think that you've got to be realistic. That's like the number one thing. Again, everybody thinks that because they have a passion, they could have a business. And it's not... It's much more complicated, especially nowadays. I think I was also able to thrive going back when I think about it is because that um, it wasn't as competitive. There was no question about it. And I I also want to go back to say that even though I did not, uh, I didn't excel so much as quickly as i wanted to the knowledge that i gain from asking questions is super important even though you're not going to get the you're not going to go in the direction sometimes from every person that you network with you're going to take something from that conversation so it's very important to listen and to know that everybody has a little bit of knowledge to give to you but i would suggest that people are realistic in where they are in their life and know that starting a business, if they want to start a business, what, how do they want to scale the business? You don't have to be an overnight success. You can start a business and just do it playfully and then just love what you do. So you have to know what is, what is your direction? What are your goals? So when I started this business, I did not have that, those goals. I just did it. But I was able to do it because I did it slowly. Nowadays, I think people are on the fast track. And if you're raising kids, know that it's going to take a big chunk of your time. And you also have to know that in order to make money, you do have to invest money. You have to invest in yourself. And that's a big risk.
1: It it, it definitely is a risk. And I think part of owning a business is is taking the risk. And I don't think people understand that until they're in it. And then they realize this was a risk. Yes, but the risk is if you don't take the risk then you don't move and okay. you don't you don't grow you don't create and i think for you you're you wanted to create organization for people that gave you pleasure that gave you passion and then you then you realize whoa okay i need to make this into a business this thing that i'm really good at where i've spent money now i've got to put money into it the right way Correct. and again we learn from those setbacks where to spend our money so i'm sure now You know, if we could talk about a few other things, you know, on on social media that you and I are not necessarily good at, you know, because it's something we're working on our business in different ways so we could create the content and then have somebody teach us or help us get it out there in the new cool ways. Because at some point in our life, I think you and I agree on this, that we just don't have the time to learn another thing. Right. We want to stick to what we know really well, continue to work on honing our skills and creating our niche and specializing in what we do based on relationships, based on what it is that's great about Imagine It Done, which is really function and beauty. And then kind of give, you know, know how to, um, I don't care why I can't think of the word, but know how to manage your business and, and, uh, and have other people do the things for you that you can't do. I don't know why. I'm exactly.
2: Least- so I was going to say that. It's exactly my thought process is that you have to know what you do and know what you don't know how to mm-hmm. do. And a lot of people don't even anticipate that. And I've learned that. And it came just in the last couple of years into my life, that thought process is know how to delegate
1: delegate, oh, that I was delegate what I was
2: for. and bring people into your business that are more expert in different fields than you are. And so I am very, very humble and knowledgeable about what I know, but I'm very clear about what I don't know. And so in the last couple of years, I have managed to know who I need to bring in, when I need to bring them in, and how much I divulge to them. And I realized it takes a village. For me, I'm in a service business. It takes a village to make it happen. So I surround myself with other people that are doing the work with me and for me, doing the actual on-site work. And then I have people in the back end of the business, which is a part of the business that I am completely knowledgeable of every day. I'm a part of it, but I can't affect that stuff. That's not my expertise. And i think. think
1: And I think it takes um, a confident person to know that they can delegate and know what you know really well. That's what you focus on. And hey, guys, I can't do this. So could you do this? I think you. this is where you put your ego aside exactly. and you say, this is how I want to run my business. I can't do everything because, uh, you know, we know the old saying, you can't be a jack of all trades. You've right. got to find, you know, oh, man, what... Yes, exactly. and I think that is a really huge um, learning point and and for people that own a business that you can't do everything and I know that so many people think that they can get it all done because they don't want to spend the money, but I think that's a really great piece of advice, Lisa is like you know, field out what you can't do and know what you're good at, know what what you're not so great at or what you don't want to do if you have that luxury to say I, you know, this isn't anything that I can do right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is, again, like you could have a hobby and you could keep it as a hobby. So I think that people should really identify where they're, what they want out of um, the passion that they're thinking they're going to create a business from. It's, it's very important to think clearer about that because there's different directions. And if you're going to be a full-time mom, then you should be realistic or, you know, and or if you have a partner and you and your husband wants you to be with you or, you know, your partner wants you to be with them, I'm saying that you, you really have to be just realistic because business can be all-consuming. For me, I, it's all-consuming.
1: Me okay. too. When we get back, we're going to take a little break. When we get back, we're going to talk about how this business fits into your life, a little bit about your personal life, what's going on, how do you run a business, how do you handle a personal life, grown children, all that good stuff and more about organizing. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Stay with us.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jodi talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21 day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21 day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off.
1: Kara Max, a place to glow, offers a wide range of services performed by licensed professionals. Their most coveted service offered is their luxury custom airbrush spray tans. Kara's spray tans are 100% gluten, paraben, and sulfate free. So you guys, this stuff is super safe for you. Every client receives a full consultation prior to their appointment in order to ensure flawless, long-lasting results. All of their spray tans and products produce the perfect glowy natural tan. Go to Karamax.com today and use the promo code JHB when booking to receive 10% off your service. That's Karamax.com. dot com, Or you can find Kara on Instagram at Karamax.
0: You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodiharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodiharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm with Lisa Jacobs of Imagine It Done. She is a professional organizer and this is something this is a business lisa created in 2004 before organization was this hot topic right lisa exactly and we've been talking about all things organization and lisa is have you always been a very organized person you know in your in your workspace in your you know when you worked for these different companies and then and starting your business
2: Always, I always loved it. I just didn't know that it was a profession when I was doing it from the time I was a little girl. I was organized going to summer camp. I loved to, to organize the cubbies. I was always the getting a in inspection um, ten or whatever it was and <laughs> and I loved to play school. I loved the supplies and even in school, my notebooks, everything was organized of course, and then when I moved my family so many times. I was the one that everybody would say, like, how did you just move and everything's unpacked? So I had systems and I think it also came from, um, it was inherent, but I think it also came from seeing my dad very organized in his professional life. And he always sat at a desk and spent a lot of time every night at the desk and always had notes and he had his file effects and i watched that and sometimes you learn by example it's not always the words so it was exemplary to me that organization was a part of our lifestyle which was very helpful
1: now, now that that is you do learn from from your surroundings what what is your the the most favorite thing that you've ever organized? Like what part of a house or somebody's life has been, is your favorite thing to organize?
2: Well, there's two things here. First of all, my, a, a part of somebody's life that I love to organize is the move. The move out and the move in. And the reason that I love that is because it is a life-changing event. And that's what Imagine It Done does. We don't just make it a move. We make it so that we are attached to our client from the time that they decide that they're moving. They contract, imagine it done. And we edit their entire physical space so that the next where they're moving to becomes a new chapter for them. So we look at it in a more spiritual and it's more invasive. It's more realistic, but invasive because we're making sure that the next place they're going to is going to be cleansed and it's going to be filled with opportunity and it's going to be light and the way it should be. When you move from chapter to chapter, you're supposed to leave your baggage behind.
1: That's beautiful. And, you know, I think having that done gives them that peace of mind and clears their mind so they can. That cleansing word is great to use because you must form the most intimate relationships with them because you see them leaving a space, going into a new space. It's probably very emotional. Also, you know, to purge things as well, right?
2: Oh, it is. It's a very difficult process, but we know how to work with a client to um, compartmentalize the idea of things. And when you do that and you realize that your stuff is all replaceable. And especially nowadays with the pandemic, people realize they they have much more of a priority of their stuff. It's low on the priority list. So it's much easier for nowadays to help people to purge because they're so happy to be alive. People are happy to be alive and, and getting through all of this. So what we try to do is put an emphasis on the new chapter as an open door, as a cleansed a cleanse life they're lighter um, they're saying goodbye to things that have been lugging them holding them down and if you look at your stuff you realize that clutter does hold you down it does slow you up
1: I can free I can speak from experience you know carrying things around with me for so many years thinking that I would use them and you know with the pandemic, you realize that what you don't have, you don't need. Exactly. And how, what happened to your business during uh, quarantine? How did, how did you pivot your business? What, what was going on at the time?
2: Well, it was interesting because I'm a person that is is um, I'm relentless. I put a square in a round hole. I don't accept no for an answer. So I wasn't just going to close doors. I knew that this was going to be a period of change. So we used the expression pivot, don't panic. And we, uh, half the staff had left New York to go to their original homes. And so we furloughed half the staff and those that I thought were intrinsic to the company, we kept them, even though some of them had left, we kept some of them on staff and we did Zoom calls three days a week. And we just enterprised by... Collaborating how we were going to grow the business differently by pivoting on different things. So, through the Zoom calls, we got connected with one another. We came up with ideas of newsletters. Everybody was home, everybody was listening, everybody was doing that. The Zoom became, you know, a, a word now that is the biggest word in our vocabulary. So, we were able to communicate with other brands and the newsletters, the blogs collaborating with other brands, which were was an amazing opportunity because these brands probably wouldn't have even come to us had it not been during a time where we were so compromised.
1: So what and, happened? Like what brands did you start collaborating with?
2: Whether it had been fashion brands, beauty brands, um, like fitness, mm-hmm. people in fitness, they collaborated with us because they wanted to maintain visibility as well as we did. But by showing their their followers and their listeners how important it is to keep doing what they, what, let's say it was a handbag company or let's say it was a fitness company. The idea of organization, we would find a way to understand how does organization fit into this company. So, for instance, with a handbag company, we figured that, well, there's organization in a handbag. So, we enterprised on how to organize your handbags in your closets. And whether it be Equinox, we figured out a way to show how can you maintain a good health regimen by being organized? How does that play into your, your good health? And what is organization in your home? How does it affect your physical being? And then whether it be a fashion brand, how to manage your, uh, how to fold your sweaters on the shelf. So there was always something that we would find that worked to parallel one brand to another, and then also just helping people by writing the newsletters and the blogs was amazing. And then because we got our name, we were so visible during the pandemic in a completely different way. We would have a lot of the emails came from families, parents, whose kids had left Manhattan and needed to have their apartments packed up. So we would go, me and one person, would go with a mover and pack up the apartment. So I was able to work on site as well as pivoting my business in other ways to enterprise.
1: That's amazing. That very is amazing. And did you? I mean, would did it just totally amaze you that you were pivoting that way?
2: Oh yeah, it was. It was cha- very challenging, by the way. Yeah, it was challenging, but it was so inspirational that I was actually keeping my mind active keeping my business alive and allowing, you know, myself to know that like I can pivot. It's like when you see yourself in a challenging situation, it makes you that much stronger and wiser. Like leaders aren't born in times of peace rather in times of war. Well, that's the way it was. Like we can survive, you know, when the going is good, it's great when the going is good. Everybody's, you know, successful when the going is good. Everybody's uh, is a leader, but it's when, your challenge. That's when the true guts shine through. So and people we
1: were, were in- having you come in their home, you were wearing the masks, you were doing everything that was necessary for everybody to stay safe.
2: Well actually at that time nobody mm-hmm. was in the home. They had already left Manhattan. Okay. So there was no risk other than just we would make my assistant and I we would wear the masks just to protect ourselves from just, you know, the air. But there was no risk with people because not, nobody was there in the homes that we were working on. And it's not until just last month, actually, the end, the end of August is when we were now we're back in full action. I was going to ask there. you how
1: it was, so that was. So that lasted for a couple of months. Now people are, are people coming back into the city. What's it like? I know you haven't left the city very much. You're still in Manhattan. What's it like being there? What's business like now?
2: Well, business is actually accelerated so much because two reasons. Um, one being just commonplace people moving. They would have moved even if it weren't the pandemic. And so those people are calling on us because we did so much instruction and so much on our um, social media to promote moving because it is something that other people organizers do not excel in. We have a whole system that I created called a soft pack system that when we collaborate with movers that really facilitate and make your move seamless. So people are moving. They're moving for the reason, as I said, that they're just, they would have moved anyway. And also they're moving because they're leaving Manhattan. Right. So, And the third thing is people are in their home more and they're realizing because they're in their home more that there is not, they're focusing on the home. How many people live in a home their entire life and they live with, you know, a buildup, raising a family, all the clutter happening. And it takes the pandemic for them to say, hey, this is not happening anymore. I cannot live like this. And, you know, and especially with kids working from home, working, you know, school, homeschooled, and then parents working from home, there's a need to rearrange your home. And then as you're rearranging your home, you're looking at, hey, you know what? We're in the kitchen more. This kitchen does not work anymore. We right.
1: Manage- and finding that space for mom and dad or whoever's home um, with the kids. And then the kids having that space where they feel that hey, we have enough room to do our homework. So, yeah, it's, a whole, it's probably really changed your business a lot, right?
2: A lot. A lot. And, um, but it, it's so interesting because there's now so many dimensions to the business. You know, people used to use the word spring cleaning as the time where they would actually focus on their home, but they never focused on it for organization. They would focus on it for cleaning. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because now it's spring cleaning is now become just a, ref- a term that reflects just change. And pay mm-hmm. attention to your stuff. So it's not just cleaning; it's organizing. You know, maybe that closet needs to be built out, or maybe we should turn the guest room into the playroom or into another closet. Or is, you know, it's this just is
1: everything normal. you can do. You can yep. do all these things. Yeah. I really need you in my life. I think I'm going to come to New York, grab you, and then just have you live in my house with me for like a month or something. I really need you.
2: Wait, and I need you because you could train me <laughs> and I could organize you.
1: All right. Well, we could just we could just make, we should do a whole video with that.
2: We should be married.
1: Yes. Yes. We should be married. Yes. I'm sure Frank won't mind. Um <laughs> It's So how are you doing in New York? Do you feel great, everything? Because a lot of people wonder what New York is like right now and you feel fine. You know,
2: it was rough. Let me tell you, living in an apartment in New York during the pandemic, my daughter and her boyfriend moved in, which was fantastic, believe it or not. It was challenging, but it was ultimately a silver lining, getting to know them during a challenging time and also being in an apartment and being afraid to go outside. um, I would say that now it's, People are resuming to normalcy. There's no question about it. Yes, we have to wear masks, and that is very frustrating, but it is imperative. And people are going to restaurants. It is interesting to see the way, again, other industries have pivoted, meaning the hospitality, where now they're outside. So I'm not afraid of New York at all. I think that this is um, a very interesting time for people to realize that life can go on. We're going to be back to where we were. There is no question about it. Vaccination is, you know, going to be sooner than later. And um, I have confidence in Manhattan. I don't want to ever leave Manhattan. I love it. I think that this is the land of opportunity. And as long as people just pay attention to the rules, there's no reason why, you know, we, we should be able to live like this. Right. And I mean, yes, it is very interesting, but I look at silver linings every day. I, you, you have to.
1: I, I, do this, I do the same thing. I always try to find the silver lining and everything. And speaking of silver linings, you do a lot with bed linens.
2: Yes. And that, by the way, is I was going to answer part of your question that I did not answer because I spoke so much about the business um, and about moving. The linen closet is my favorite place to organize. Like I literally open up my linen closet 10 times a day when I'm home and I just love the way it looks. You're adorable. I think The bed is the central, the center of a room, the focal point.
1: So why do you like doing the linen closet?
2: Well, I find first of all, I love linens because my sister was involved at some point in her life um, working in a store that had linens. And I just think that linens are so beautiful. And when they're presented the way that I set them up, in the linen closet, I set them up so that they're all together in a set and the way they're rolled and folded is so beautiful. And the same as the towels. And then I do bins that are so pretty that are filled with accessories that I believe belong in a linen closet, like your travel accessories, your extra inventory, um, I'm also, I love essential oils so that my linen closet always has like an open tray of amber rock, uh, amber mm-hmm. rocks. So like there's just things that are reflective of just cleanliness in my linen closet.
1: What type of linens do you usually suggest? What kind of linens do you have on your bed? And what kind of linens do you suggest in towels to your clients?
2: So the linens depends on the price point, because as you know, you can have linens that are a, a whole set that are, for the whole set, which is a duvet, a finish sheet, a top sheet, and then your pillowcases. Or you can spend thousands of dollars. What's your favorite? Thread count. So in the past, I I believe that I'd rather have less than more and have a more expensive set of linens that is a really great thread count and that is Egyptian cotton. Those will wear better.
1: What is it? I always get confused about the thread count.
2: So the thread count is the quality and the way in which it's weaved into the, the linen itself. I so you know this by now. Yeah, it's and it, it has to do with how much thread is used in the overall linen that is created. And the quality of the thread is very important. So like for example, there is a company that we work with that has fabulous linens and they're not costly, but they're made of not regular cotton. It's bamboo. And so there's no thread count there. And it's a whole different feeling. It's a whole different texture. I like that, but I like the high thread count better because it's much for me. It's soother for me, more soothing on my skin. But again, everybody is different. So when people say, what's your favorite, that doesn't mean that they're going to like it. Some people don't like that crisp, feeling on a linen, they, more, they like a feeling that's more softer, you know, that's just like cotton, for instance. I like the crisp feeling better.
1: If you had to go into a house and let's just say every room was very disorganized and needed your touch, needed you to get in there. What room do you think is the most important room to be organized first? The kitchen. Okay. And why?
2: 100% the kitchen. Because even if you're living alone, you're in the kitchen every day and it reflects on, you know, you eating. That's the most important thing, your, your nutrition. If, if your kitchen is completely disorganized, your eating habits are going to re- be reflected from that.
1: It's so, like what you said at the beginning, you know, having an organized life all around you, surrounding you, really organizes your mind. And that makes total sense to me.
2: I would say the kitchen first and then the bathroom, because those are two places that have a tremendous effect on hygiene and nutrition. So when you think about it, like, you know, um, your, your bathroom, if you have things all over the place, number one, you're going to also, it's also a, a, um, it's a waste of money. You're wasting money as well as time. So you're wasting time trying to find things and you're wasting money because you can't find things. So you buy too many things, you buy quantity and right. that's wasteful.
1: And you were saying you rather have quality over quantity. I am of the same vein. I totally agree. I'd rather have five amazing pairs of shoes than 10 cheap shoes that are going to fall apart.
2: Yeah, but people are penny wise of foolish and they don't realize that.
1: But you educate them when you go to their house. And I think that's part of what we talked about at the beginning is the education. What I read in your bio also is that education is so important when you meet a client.
2: So important. And that's what sets Imagine and Done apart, besides the fact that we do these moves, which are seamless and amazing and life-changing, but also we educate and I love to educate I love it. My daughter used to always tell me that I should be a tutor, a French tutor. I just love to teach. And so when we're in our clients' homes, not only do we teach on Instagram, but also firsthand in a client's home. Like I just did a tutorial with socks with one of my clients, and she was like, like died and went to heaven. Like she just thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know, because when you're there also teaching, it's a lot different than when you see it. I mean, on Instagram, we like to give step by step. So it helps. But when you see somebody do it, it has much more of an impact and longer lasting. So I love to educate. That is the best takeaway from organization. Because just because, again, we're not static organizers. We're not there just to set up a place to look beautiful. We want clients to also know that when we leave them, they know how to maintain it.
1: I think that's so, so important, because it, something could look beautiful, but then, as we talked about, it needs to have that functionality that when imagine it done, it, it done, it leaves, that they can do it themselves.. Right. Exactly. So
2: have
1: you Have you ever been afraid of doing anything? like what what does fearlessly authentic mean to you in that fear and be, being authentic? What does fearlessly authentic mean to you?
2: So fearlessly authentic is such a brilliant name. I mean, the way you can, I mean, it's just, I'm just in awe that you actually created that because the two words, independently of one another and together are so impactful. And it really is so relevant to our times right now, because I think that if you're not that you're, you're going to be gobbled up if you're going to be in business, especially It really you need to be fearless, meaning that you've got to have the ability to, like I said, to take risks and to challenge yourself and not be overwhelmed and thrown back by challenge, rather be accelerated by challenge. Beautiful. And authenticity is what Imagine It Done is all about. Try not to succumb to... What's going on in the rest of our world, which is so difficult right now because everybody wants, is, is there clones of other people? It's very rare that you find people, it's not rare, I shouldn't say that, that I take that back, wipe that out. It's not rare. It's wonderful when you find people that actually can be so special to themselves, exclusive. So I keep using that word exclusive in my the, the, the kind of clientele that I have and the way we want our clientele to be, because that's the authenticity that you've got to have in developing anything that is going to stand apart. And as I said on Instagram, people are you know looking at fashion, they're looking at people, whatever they might be doing, and and trying to be copycats of them. And I don't think that that's what people should do, they should look at people. And admire them and take from them uh, as mentors or things ingredients factors that they have and then make yourself authentic based on a lot of stuff like put everything in a pot and then make yourself special and that's the way I feel you are and I feel at this point that's the way I am in my life.
1: You truly are fearlessly authentic, and that's why I wanted you on the show. You are a fearlessly authentic woman, and the reason that your business is so amazing is because of what you've created. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show. We are out of time. I can't even believe it. If you need to find Lisa, it's Lisa Jacobs. Imagine it done on Instagram. Is that the best place to reach you, Lisa?
2: Yeah, Imagine It Done is the Instagram handle, correct? Yes,
1: that's the Instagram handle. And if you uh, love this show, please share it with your friends, leave us a review, listen to Lisa, and uh, thank you so much for listening to us again. Lisa, thank you so, so much. I've learned so much. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.
2: Okay, take care. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.